1: Listening to Healthy Voices Radio, where you will hear podcasts featuring stories from our Healthy Voices family, hosted by amazing advocates, interviewing amazing advocates. Now, here's your Healthy Voices Radio host talking all things health related, Robert Brining and Brady Dale Morris.
3: Everybody, and welcome to this special live episode of Healthy Voices Radio. I am one of your co-hosts, Robert
4: Brining. Hey, everybody, and I am Brady Dell Morris. As Robert said, we are live from Healthy Voices. Just real quick, Janssen has covered travel expenses for all Healthy Voices conference attendees. All thoughts and opinions expressed by advocates are fully their own and are not reflective of those held by Janssen. <laughs> Healthy Voices Radio is produced and sponsored by Janssen, the founder of Healthy Voices, a groundbreaking leadership conference created exclusively to empower online health advocates. For more information on Healthy Voices, please visit HealthyVoices.com. Also, follow us on Twitter, at Healthy Voices, and Instagram for updates on this podcast, as well as Twitter chats, webinars, and the 2019 conference in which you all are now attending. Also, do not forget to subscribe to us on Blog Talk Radio, Spotify, iTunes, and you can find us on Google Play as well. It is so exciting to be here. Robert, would you like to introduce our guest today? So we have amazing
3: people lined up here for you today. Um, the main point of this podcast is to basically share the story of Healthy Voices and how it evolved and how it became to what it is that you're attending today. So of course, we have to start it off with the amazing Caroline Pavis, who is the mothership of this Healthy Voices Conference. She is the main connector for this, so you want to talk with her. And she is uh, she works in connect, uh, communication and public affairs in Janssen. So Caroline, Thank welcome. You. Thank Next we have, we're excited to have you, Uh, I love love you. Um, Next we have Brooke Abbott who is an IBD advocate who is uh, a five year attendee of Healthy Voices and she is a previous speaker and advisor. (laughs) Next down the line is Megan Starshak who is an IBD advocate. She is an original advisor from the very first Healthy Voices Conference of 2015 and she is a five year attendee. (laughs) Next is the princess. Anne-Marie Otis, (laughs) she is a four-year attendee, she is the founder of Stupid Dumb Breast Cancer, and is a 2019 advisor this year. And a princess. Next is another princess, Gabe Howard. (laughs) He is a mental health advocate, he has been here for three years, and he is the host of Psych Central Podcast. Welcome Gabe. Next is Dawn Gibson, She is, I can't even read what I have here, an amazing amazing advocate, (laughs) she is a princess, Uh, she she is a spondylitis, did I say it right, advocate, sorry I was practicing very hard for that, and she is four years, three year year, attendee, so welcome Dawn, and then we have Laurel Natalicki, from WeGo Health and she um, is here with WeGo Health and WeGo Health is the longest standing presenting partner at Healthy
4: Voices. So welcome. Thank you all. Thank you all so much for being here. So let's get right into it. Caroline, you are the mother of Healthy Voices. Tell us how did this all get created? How, why are we all here today?
0: Uh, healthy Voices is absolutely, I think, the thing that I'm I mean, next to my kids and my husband that I'm I'm most proud of in my life. I mean, n- no doubt. I mean, I think back to, it was probably six years ago when we started talking about Healthy Voices, and we really recognized the important role that patient advocates were playing and really, you know, supporting and educating other patients. And we talked a lot at Janssen about how we can do more with these ex- amazing influencers. And we know that, you know, patients trust the advice from you all, you influencers, as much as they trust the advice from their own doctors. And so we started to do more with patient advocates in the areas of like IBD or rheumatoid arthritis. We did some summits within diabetes. um, And it was really my boss, Rebecca Tillette, that said, hey, Caroline, what do you think about getting all these advocates from the different health communities together in one room? And she says, does anyone... Ever done that? And I did a lot of research and really looked and looked. And and, and really, I mean, there, you may f- come up with some examples, but I really didn't see anything that quite fit the mold of, you know, you look at like Blog Her for Mommy Bloggers or a tech conference for tech bloggers or food bloggers. I really didn't see anything out there that was designed for online health advocates that was really focused on educating the advocates, allowing you to network and share stories and best practices. And so, really, that's how um, Healthy Voices got started. Um, we said, "Hey, let's start to bring these people from other communities together and see if, if it, you know, they would like that." And and I actually called Megan Starshack. She was literally—I can still remember where I was in my neighborhood. I was in the car, and I called her, and I said, "Listen." I know we've got together with the IBD community. What do you think if we got together with a bunch of other health communities? And and she gets real excited, and she's like, let's do it. Let's let's get this thing on. And so I said, okay, but I need your advice on how to do it because (laughs) I don't know what I'm doing, and I really need to to depend on you and others that we ended up pulling in to help us plan this. And thank goodness, I mean, I I, I never – we at Janssen would never pretend to know how to create a conference like this. You know, we get together with all you amazing people, and you tell us what to do, and, and we try the best to plan it according to your feedback and your insights. And so we were off and running. Awesome. And, and it's so great. I was just telling some folks this earlier. Um, you know, we strive each year to make it bigger and better and bigger and better. And that I'm getting emotional with year five because it's like this big dream that came to life, and it's building each year, and I'm so happy about that. Um, Megan,
4: it sounds like from Caroline that you played a very instrumental role in the beginning of Healthy Voices as well. What did you What did you think about when you first heard about this, and then your participation and, and getting the the conference going?
5: Uh, as Caroline said, she kind of ran the idea by me early on, and I just I'm going to repeat everything she just said. There was nothing like this for bloggers, and health activists, and there was nothing that was bringing all these different disease spaces together in one uh, common room. And I think the opportunity that, that myself and other patients saw was just the, the ability to connect and compare and see what was working in some communities and what we could kind of carry over to other communities. But what we really found is that we are, have turned into just one in immensely powerful group. Um, and I think that was probably the the ultimate goal, but to see it come to life is, it's humbling and powerful and you've been sitting here, like everybody here is changing the the (laughs) world, like literally changing the world. So it's, it's, it's something.
3: (laughs) Awesome, thank you. It sure is something. Uh, Brooke, this question is for you. (laughs) What was your first reaction when you found out about Healthy Voices?
6: Well, it's kind of interesting because I had just met Caroline maybe two weeks before (laughs) I got the email. <laughs> right. I, I was like begging anyone I knew to
7: come
6: to this conference. And it was just so, it, it was interesting because when I first met her, she was very energetic when I met her. Um, <laughs> she, yeah, a little bit, a tiny, <laughs> <laughs> scared me a little bit. <laughs> but um, the way that she came off was very disarming and very um, loving. Um, she had, the way that she was talking about what I was doing, and what people in the IBD community was doing was just, she had a lot of information and knowledge. And so when I got the email two weeks later, and it was like Janssen and Johnson and Johnson. I'm like, really? This is a thing where they bring people together? Um, and I didn't really know how to feel about it until I got there. And I had not met Megan or anyone else um, in the IBD um, realm in person. I had met most people online. And to be in a room with not just my own IBD community, but to meet other people in different disease spaces with similar stories and similar backgrounds um, created an energy in me and in my advocacy that I I don't know if I can compare it to anything. this has been something that uh, has fueled a lot of the changes and evolution in my own advocacy work. So. Well,
3: there you have it. Um, Megan, let me ask you this. You were part of the first advisory panel um, in 2015. So tell me what that was like uh, for you to see that come to life and was it exactly what you thought it was going to be to be a part of an advisory panel?
5: I think in 2015 when we first started, nobody really knew what to expect, which was kind of yeah, a a <laughs> blessing and a curse because <laughs> we could make it whatever we want it to be and and so the first year it was good um, and it and it's grown year after year I think it's actually very quickly I think the third year is when I really noticed that this is it's really kind it's of okay. found it's found its its speed and its themes and um, some outstanding people um, but the first year was just, okay, well, what's missing from, what tools do we need to fill in as advocates? So we did a lot of social media metrics and um, I think things like that, I don't remember. Well, <laughs> so Megan, I'm
4: like, curious, um, what is one of the things that you, like the outstanding memory that you have from the very first Healthy Voices Conference? I wasn't
2: that year. No, I was
1: in treatment. I had, to
2: wi- I had to withdraw my application. I was in treatment that year. I had to withdraw, so I wasn't there. But so well, I'm curious then, too, from Brooke and, and
4: Caroline, what is what, what memory we, do you have well, from that first, <laughs> that stands out the most?
0: I, I'll never forget, <clears throat> and I don't know if you guys will agree, but um, you know, at first, everyone stayed in their own community, right? So we were like, there's the IBD table, there's the <laughs> HIV, there's the mental health table, and literally, literally all day Friday, all day Saturday, nobody mingled. And then Saturday night, we had these group dinners, and we mixed up. And I remember coming back from dinner. Maybe it was the wine. and I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, like, we got back, and it was like everyone was one community, like one health community. And I sat there, and then... I think everybody started coming to me going, oh my gosh, I have a lot in common with this other person over here and this person over here. And did you know we all struggle with mental health challenges? And do you know we all struggle going to sleep at night? And like, you realize all of a sudden, we were one health community. We weren't just in our
6: little different, you know, individual conditions. I think the the one thing that stands out was walking up to registration and seeing people see each other in person for the first time. That was pretty amazing. Um, and it wasn't just like a couple people, it was everywhere you turned someone was like, oh my God, you're so-and-so, oh my God, it's so-and-so, and hugging and talking and laughing. And um, it felt like a very strange reunion because you, you really didn't know each other, but you did know each other. So it was, that I think stands out the most.
3: <laughs> so the next question I have is for Laurel, down at the end for our uh, friends from WeGo. Um, So, from the beginning for 2016 is when you first started coming here as a a partner presenter. Can you explain or share with us how it has evolved since then or any differences that you may have seen within being a presenter?
1: Sure. So, um, it's evolved a lot, definitely. I think there's probably almost triple the amount of attendees here this year than there were the first year that I came and presented. Um, I also, one one area where I saw a ton of opportunity for Healthy Voices was to take this out virtually where people that can't come and attend can view from home and participate from home. And I think that that's a huge achievement um, that Healthy Voices has um Achieved this year—it's very exciting. Um, in fact, our whole team at WeGo Health was watching on Friday because they've always wanted to be a part of it and see what we're doing. So they were—we were all collaborating um, on our Slack channels about what was going on. So just really glad to see that it's being brought live and that more um, attendees can come and across more therapeutic areas as well.
4: Well, Laurel, I'm curious, what has been the most impactful part of partnering with Janssen to put on Healthy Voices for you?
1: So I would say the most impactful part is Healthy Voices is a natural fit for WeGo Health. It aligns with our mission, and our mission as a company is to empower patient leaders, and I think – Uh, Healthy Voices is definitely doing that in a big, big way. Um, It's also amazing to be able to connect with a lot of our members that we interact with electronically frequently, but don't necessarily get to see each other and talk with one another. And then also to be able to meet people we don't know. We just love to be able to have that representation here and meet other patient leaders um, that are out there advocating for their communities.
4: Awesome, and I'm curious. Um, like, we'll go to Gabe. Gabe, what has been most impactful for you um, over the years coming to Healthy Voices?
8: So, a couple of years ago, when I first came to Healthy Voices, I was only in the mental health space. So I only ever met other mental health advocates, and people with mental illness were really just we're, we're not a popular group. <laughs> <laughs> and. Uh, you know, there's a lot of stigma, there's a lot of di- discrimination, and, and we're treated very, very poorly because we live with mental illness. And we started to believe that we were the only group of people that were cord- that were sort of put upon uh, by the medical industry. And we would sit in our little groups and we would say things, and, and this is an actual quote, I wish I had cancer because then at least they'd pick us up in Mercedes and they'd everybody would love us and they'd bring us casseroles and they'd worship us and they'd treat us so well and nobody understands this. And besides, they hate us because we're sick. And I believed this for many, many years. I came to Healthy Voices for the first time, and, and somebody stood up and they were talking about, you know, the, the stigma of their disease. And I thought, oh, they, they must be a mental health person. Uh, and then they started talking about breast cancer, and I was like, no, 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 that's the best one. <laughs> uh, and you know, then I just started to find out like more and more and more. And it turns out that. You know, I was wrong. Apparently, it's not being mentally ill in America that sucks. It's being sick in America that sucks. And uh, on one hand, that felt great because I instantly, like, you know, 10 times the amount of allies, Uh, and then also I started to get worried about the aging process. But that's really what stuck out for me, this idea that I thought that the world was just mean to people with mental illness. They were mean to mental patients. Uh, you, you know, it, it's it's cold comfort <laughs> realizing that, you know, a lot of advocates feel alone and misunderstood, or a lot of people with, in all illness spaces feel this way, uh, but it, it, it did it did give me a lot more allies and friends, which was very beneficial.
4: Awesome. Thank you, Gabe. Don, same question to you. How, is, how has Healthy and Voices impacted you? Uh, it's
7: changed a lot of things for me. When I came here the first time in 2016, um, I wasn't even sure if I was gonna continue. I started Spoonie Chat in 2013, and the chat was growing, but I wasn't getting any professional results, really, and I didn't always, um, I didn't know if I was making a difference. So then when I got here, several people came running right to me, and at first I was like, oh, wow, they're really running. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, oh. This, I don't like this. <laughs> but, um, a- and they're like, Don, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I I don't know who you are, <laughs> but they-, they were followers. They were um, true, <laughs> blue, in love with me followers, and they told me how I changed their lives. Right. And I was like, wow, it-, it really does something. The tweets really do something. And I, I tweeted under some really bad circumstances. Like, <laughs> we had... Re- we were like facing utility shutoffs and all the stuff in my family they were like i can't believe you're going to keep doing this these people they never pay you any money they you know if you deactivated your account they wouldn't miss you you know there's a lot of negativity at home about my work on health social so to see that it made a difference to anybody was big
4: right and I, and i and i know Firsthand, it's it's one thing to get that reassurance cyberly or through social media, but when you get it face to face, yeah, that's so rewarding. Um, last but not least, um, Anne Marie, how how has uh, Healthy Voices impacted you over the years?
2: Well, I was going to breast cancer conferences and just preaching to my people. And what's the point of that? They already know the truth. They already know what's going on. Yeah. Um, so I remember my first Healthy Voices, and I was sitting in the front row. And I know I tell the story all the time, but tough. Um, <laughs> My son was just diagnosed bipolar, and Chrissa Hickey stood up, and she talked about her son, and um, she gave me hope. And I then realized that I had other voices inside me, not the ones in my head, but, you know, (laughs) advocacy voices. Uh, So Chrissa really helped me push my mental health advocacy forward. And then I met Dave. I was diagnosed with MS the following year of Healthy Voices. And Dave was the first person here that I told that I had MS. So it was really connecting with people outside of my circle. Um, You know, we all know our disease. We all know what's going on with it. But when you tell a story to somebody who thinks that cancer is a great illness and that you get pulled up in a limousine, that 113 people die every day from that cancer, um, it really opens up a world that we really need to have, you know.
3: So you know, that's what I love about Healthy Voices Conference is that you're here and you're able to learn so much from others and, and, and connect, you know. I hear first timers come here and they're like, oh, I know who you are, I follow you. And you know, like you were saying, they run up to you, they give you a hug, and it feels so good. And I tell them, you know, are you enjoying yourself? And they're like, yes, it's a great conference. You know, I was nervous. So I was like a first, you know, day of school, the first day, they're sitting there all nervous. I go by the end, it's a big old family reunion, so just Absolutely. sit back and enjoy the ride. Yep.
2: On that, though, it, it's funny because, Caroline, you said how everyone was in their little communities. Do you know how many times people say to me, what is your disease? I make a point of not being in, in my circle. I make a point of going to other circles. I've shared all of your pieces on all of my social media platforms, and it's just stupid on breast cancer. So it's not like it's IBD or anything like that, but it's important because that story in my world could hit somebody that really needs it. So I, that's the one thing I do love about this community is, like you said, we're all one big health family.
3: That is true, that is true. So the next question is for uh, Megan, Gabe, and Dawn. What is the best piece of advice that you have received at Healthy Voices, and how have you taken it from here and used it in your own advocacy work? Megan, Gabe, Dawn. <laughs>
8: Don't go. Anyone, <laughs> <laughs> Any <of> y'all. <laughs>
7: this I don't is Don. Maybe gave Don, but okay. <laughs> uh, the most important uh, advice that I've received is to embrace video. Um, that was hard for me because I, the way I look is, I mean, it's, I, I, I don't, I don't know. Like I'm not always comfortable with how I look, and I'm not comfortable with seeing myself on um, camera, but. I ended up doing two videos after getting a an excellent pep talk about it and those two videos have reached thousands of people. Oh. And awesome. that also allowed me to connect with my followers in a different way because most of them had never heard my voice before and that was so meaningful for them. Or they, you know, of course they'd never seen a video of me before so they were seeing me for the first time in a different way. And that changed everything. That said, I'm not looking to do some, you know, big YouTube show (laughs) or anything (laughs) like that. I'm I'm not comfortable yet to do that, but um, getting out of that comfort zone with the right encouragement, it did change things for me.
5: I don't know that I have like a particular tactic that I've learned as a takeaway, but I think it's more the overall message that there's so many important voices and that we all have a place at the table. I think that a lot of us experience a lot of fatigue and sometimes being an advocate can feel like a job and it gets exhausting and there's a lot of pressure to to deliver information or to provide support or all, all of the other things that we do to connect with our communities and and just coming here and realizing <coughs> that this the stuff that we do actually it does have a tangible impact on people and in our own disease communities, across all of our disease communities, even just being able to reach out where like, you know, if, if I've got a friend that just got diagnosed with bipolar, I'm like, well, obviously I'm gonna send them to Gabe if I don't <laughs> like them. Um, <laughs> so but I have I've sent I've sent people to so many different these spaces, because of the resources and the connections that I've made here, and it's—it's it's just this, all, like all of our voices are so important, and and this conference in, partic- in particular lifts them all up and reminds us that the, the work we do really, really matters. Yep.
4: Okay.
8: The best advice that I got is that we're responsible for room <laughs> service charges. <laughs> <laughs> It would have been helpful to be given the advice before I ran up the room service bill. Uh, hilarious. But it was still good. I, uh, sincerely, I, I, I kind of can't think of one single piece of advice that was better than any other piece of advice. I, I, maybe the best that I can really come up with is, you know, sleep when you get home. There, There's so many people to talk to. There's so much to learn. and the hallway conversations are almost more meaningful than the breakout sessions or the the big group room or live podcasts. This thing could last a week and I would leave and I would think, oh man, I need like another day. That's just how amazing it is. And everybody teaches me something different. And even the people who I disagree with, I still learn something from and it's it's fantastic. It's just fantastic. That's all I got.
4: Well, well, Gabe, just to go on, what one thing would you want other health or Healthy Voices advocates to know? About what? About your
8: advocacy. I would like them to know that a single payer house care- <laughs> uh, <laughs> the, the one thing that I would like people to know about mental health advocacy is that we, we do truly feel alone. It's not a casserole illness. People are afraid to talk to us. And they, they do really blame our families and our upbringing and our value and our culture. And we really do feel attacked on all ends. And even if it's not true, even if the people around us would support us and love us and hug us, we don't know that. We believe that they'll attack us. When I was first diagnosed, I didn't want to tell my father that I was seeing a therapist. And when I finally worked up the courage to tell him, he told me that he's been seeing a therapist for 10 years. So the the amount of misinformation that people who are diagnosed with mental illness carry around is is just so vast. Because we absorb all of the same stereotypes, stigmatization, discrimination, and misinformation that the rest of society does. And then we just put it right on ourselves. And I know it's that way, similar in other health spaces, but you know, at least you guys have your minds. It, it's all twisted up in there, anyways, and we're discriminated against. So it's 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 very very lonely. So hug us, please.
4: <laughs> well, and Brooks, same question to you. What, um, yes, uh, what one thing would you like other um, Healthy Voices advocates to know about your own advocacy work? Oh, that's
6: a that's a pretty tough question. Um, because I really, I, and Caroline's probably going to push me when I say this, but I don't really think that I do enough. But that's just she only has that six advocacy I really, I really don't. <laughs> no.
8: Seven is really the magic no. number, <laughs> right?
6: I Four just, I, you know, but I think when you, when you get here, and you see all that everyone's doing, you, I leave not feeling like feeling like I'm not doing enough, or there's something else that I could be doing, and it's not. What <laughs> Caroline? I'm How serious. You because you know why? Because even though everyone has their their thing and they, they do that thing well, um, when you look at the amount of people that are following you or are interacting with you and you know that their story is similar to yours or, or someone that you love, um you want to be able to do anything and everything to help them. And I don't know, I I guess one thing that I could say I want people to know about my advocacy is that everything and anything that um, I have done and that I've seen in the IBD community has been authentic and transparent. And um, what you see is what you get. Um, And I hope That anyone who's newly diagnosed or anyone who's thinking about um, becoming an advocate understands that um, this is something that will change your life for the better if you are truly doing it for the right reasons. It will change your life for the better because not only do you feel great about helping people, but you are inspired by the people around you and the people that you've been helping or the people that help you. It is, is a, a, it's almost like a, a, a relationship that you have with advocacy and the community that you advocate within. Um, the people that I've met and have formed relationships with within IBD social circle and the IBD community, um, I probably never would have met them had I not had IBD. And I hate that I have IBD, but at the same time, I needed these people in my life for different reasons. Outside of IBD, they still impact my life, and they still impact my son's life. So I guess what I'm trying to say is that advocacy and this disease, and even though this sounds really strange, was probably a blessing, and it probably saved my life.
4: I get it. I mean, I can, I can understand. It's kind of like a catch-22. It's like you don't know what you don't know.
6: Yeah.
4: And when you come here and you, see, and you learn more from others, as healers, we can't help but have our hearts go out to them. And, and then all of a sudden, we are left thinking, well, then there's so much more that I need yeah. to do. Yeah. But when you come here and you meet all these other people, you realize, I don't have to do it alone.
6: Very true. That's I don't have to do it alone. That's it's very true.
4: So it's, it's
3: yes. Yeah. Thank you. All right. So next I want to go down to our friend uh, from Wigo, Laurel. Uh, my question is for you. Over the years as being a partner uh, you know, and sponsor of this uh, presenter uh, here at Healthy Voices, uh, what is the most that you've gotten out of partnering with Janssen in this conference?
1: Well, it's been an honor to be invited to come back and be here for four years. I think I think it's been mentioned on this panel a couple of times, Um, one of the biggest outcomes that I've seen that I think is awesome is breaking down the silos and seeing patient leaders collaborate across different therapeutic areas and not huddling up into their own because that's truly how you can expand and learn um, from one another. That's
3: awesome. awesome totally understand because we were actually just outside meeting Brady and the princess, and the princess was giving us a pep talk, <laughs> you know. <laughs> the little princess. The short one <laughs> princess. The shorter <laughs>
6: way.
3: Um, And she was telling us how, like, she doesn't really even hang within her bubble, and as HIV advocates, a lot of times we stay within our bubble, so I totally understand, and that's kind of what makes Healthy
0: Voices so amazing. All
4: right, Carolyn, I'm curious. Um, so where is Healthy Voices going to go
0: from here? Oh, my gosh. I have so many visions. and You know, I mean, you and Robert... Brady and Robert helped me achieve one of mine and ours, I should say. It's not mine, it's ours, Becky Gannon as well. But we wanted to do more beyond the conference. Everyone leaves and we cry because we're thinking, oh, my God, I'm not going to see you again for a year, and it's hard. And then we realized we got to find more connections between the conference. We need to connect virtually. There's still a lot of people that can't travel and can never come to Healthy Voices because they can't travel. And so we need to create more virtual connections. And so anyway, I thank you for bringing the idea of Healthy Voices Radio to us because that's exactly what we want to do. We want to do podcast series. We want to do web chats, Twitter chat series. I also would love ideas more of how we could still connect. I don't know if it's like small regional. I don't know. But, you know, how we can still get together more than just once a year and do more things virtually. I also still have a global vision, um, so I mean, I'm trying to really bring in my global colleagues for that, and I think we'll get it off the ground. We've done a Healthy Voices Australia, actually, oh, wow. so oh, wow. I would yeah. love... We did, we did. So um, I'd love to be able to do Healthy Voices Canada, Healthy Voices UK and really get out and, and be more around the world, I and mean, that's my dream. And then the last thing I could say, and I really do think that we can get this off the ground, if Becky can help me, but... Um, I would love to do a Healthy Voices for Healthcare Professionals and have you all go and teach different healthcare professionals how they can do better. We need us, right? How do you communicate better with patients? How do you empower patients? How do you talk to people and make a difference, and so that's my other vision. And I really do think a lot of my colleagues at J&J are talking about it, so I mean, give me some time, but I'm, I'm not gonna stop till we get that's this amazing. Off the
4: ground. That's amazing, thank you so much, Carolyn. That's awesome, Robert, I'm excited for that. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. Awesome. Stay so too. let's all end on a high note. Um, we're almost done, so the last question that I have, and we'll start down at the end and come back down this way, so we end with uh, Caroline. Um, today is the end of day two, we're almost done. There's open mic tonight. Can you tell me what your favorite conference memory has been so far in the last two days?
1: days. Um, It has been, I think, just connecting again with everyone and people coming up to me and hugging me and me hugging them back and being so excited to just see each other um, that's huge and it's so rewarding. And I think also for people to have the opportunity to share their stories with one another. And, you know, Gabe had mentioned the loneliness that comes along with, with the work that he does. So to be able to connect with one another here has been awesome. I think
7: my favorite memory from this time is with Jesus. Jesus Guillen has um, uh, made an impression on me from last year of course, but seeing him again this year was very special and he gave me um, an HIV awareness pin that he brought back from his recent trip to Europe and we really bonded around the shared goals of ending stigma and defending the humanity of all patients and uh, it's just special. I, I think that's the most special thing so far.
4: I'm touching. Awesome. That is great. That was great. Grabe? Gabe? <laughs> Big princess? <laughs>
3: there
8: we go. You're welcome. I, it's really, really tough to kind of figure out what my favorite part is. I, I would, you know, when I first got here, a whole bunch of people literally gave me a hug. I mean, that's, it's, just, it's just not something that happens in my day to day life. I mean, I'm, I'm a 300 pound ginger. People are not <laughs> hugging me, <laughs> <laughs> they're running from me. Uh, so, uh, you know, that that's a very favorite part. Uh, last night around 12.30 in the morning, I'm talking to Rachel Starr, who's a schizophrenia advocate. And it. I, I think I, somebody here posted on uh, Facebook that this is as close as we're going to get to staying up all night and having those deep conversations like we did in college. Now, I, I never went to college, so this is like my first run through. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But it, it just feels really good, because at, at some point, you're just so exhausted, you're like, all right, tell me about your mom. <laughs> and and the, these conversations just come out that are that are just so wonderful, and I, I do like that. And I really like the YouTube guy. I had no idea that my YouTube videos suck so much. So <laughs> it was very beneficial to find out that I'm never going to be a YouTube star. I can just cross that right off. Um, and, you know, the food's been decent, so all of those things combined... Uh, have made the first two days pretty good. Uh, all in all, though, open mic is my favorite, but it hasn't happened yet, but I'm assuming it's going to be good. That's my assumption. Is this open mic?
4: No. <laughs> no.
8: Actually, you know, I take all that back. My favorite part has been the live podcast. I very much enjoy live <laughs> podcasting. Thank you. So this has really been the best. I'm
2: leaving after this. Uh-huh. Anne-Marie,
3: and you? Princess Princess 2.
2: Yes, so I have two things. One is that I liked the fact that advocates were running a lot of the seminars. It wasn't, you know, YouTube and all YouTube and Facebook and Instagram, but it was us telling us some great tips we have. Second of all, um, I've been here for four years, so I've kind of watched things evolve, I guess. And Friday was the day that I think I've never seen everybody attend everything. And I felt like the whole room was always filled. And the speaker that was brought on Friday was phenomenal. It was brilliant. And I think he really propelled us into the next day. His yes. energy, yes. what he, what his message was, um, just everything. And, you know, we'll go back to the little heart can do big things. I felt as though he was filling our heart that night. So that was really my best memory. And I shared <laughs> that with all of my kids. And I just loved that part of it. Well, Anne-Marie took
5: mine because
2: (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say
5: seeing advocates leading other advocates in a lot of the sessions, and it really just shows the, one, it shows the immense talent of people at this conference, but two, it shows that illness doesn't discriminate. So if you are running a PR agency in Nashville, you could have a chronic illness. If you are um, selling bagels and whoever... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> In Philadelphia, you can have a chronic illness. Um, I, I saw, I just I, I know details. Um, um I mean the the amount of talent that is brought together by a potentially a well, well truly a devastating diagnosis um and just and having this platform that we are all here just building each other up. Um so that's not one thing, but just, again, going back to the theme of, of the power that
6: we all have. Awesome, thank you,
4: Megan. Brooke?
6: I think uh, Ja Love said it the best last night. We were getting punched with inspiration yeah. um, all day yesterday. Good. And it just, it honestly felt, in, in the last five years, I think that was the best opening day ever and um, it just, it was super inspirational. It was hyped. Um, I was exhausted. I felt like I had really just done so much in a day, Um, and I think, like Anne-Marie said, um, we were attending all the sessions um, totally engaged, and so that, you know, so far is probably um, the best takeaway. Of course, I haven't attended open mic yet so that's probably going to be number one and then Friday will be number two.
0: <laughs> yeah yeah I, I guess I'll just say say two things so you know I work at Jansen, obviously so you know I get always questioned like you know what does Janssen get out of this anyway like wh- what are you doing here and I mean there's so much we don't have enough time in the day for me right. to begin to tell you what we get out of this conference but I'll tell you, it's really two things. I mean, the first thing is the insights that we apply to our everyday jobs. So, like Chelsea last night, or Chelsea Friday when he spoke, I mean, you bet every one of us go back and think, oh my gosh, as much as we try to represent diversity, like we gotta do a better freaking job at right. it. And that fires me up in my work to do a better job making sure that we're representing the right people in everything we do, and all people. And then I think the second is just, I think personally, you know, we sit at desks all day and we sit in meetings all day, and that's great, but, you know, your battery runs low. And you come here and it's like, oh my gosh, my battery's like on. <laughs> and, and you think, you go back to your desk, and I've, I've met, you know, Endeavor this weekend, I met Stacy Hurd, Crystal, like so many of you. Of course, I know all of you too. I mean, you guys are the ones that make the batteries get filled up and enable us to go back and realize why we're doing the work that we do. So that's awesome. so thank important to us. Thank you all so us. much. Well, can we give our panel a round of
2: we should all, Wait. wait we, we should all thank uh, Caroline for not crying. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah. Well, I also want to I say real quick before, we, um, before we conclude today, do not forget that you can sc- subscribe to Healthy Voices Radio on iTunes, Spotify, and on Google Play. So be sure and find us and subscribe. Um, Our next guest, uh, we will have Kyle Smith, a testicular cancer survivor. And that will be coming up next Friday on April 19th. So be sure and tune in and listen to our interview with Kyle. Thank you all so much.